Hi, I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal column, and this is Buzz Out Loud, a podcast which some say is of indeterminate length, but every day it's exactly how long it is. So think on that for a while. Uh, joining me today is our editor, James Kim, who uh, is on our music beat. Thanks for coming, James. Hey, no problem. Molly is still on holiday. If you've been listening regularly, she will be back Monday. She's out on the East Coast. And actually today, she was recording a spot on the Montel Williams show. Hey, yeah, that's pretty exciting. And, and she actually borrowed the uh, Walkman Bean from Sony from me. Mm-hmm. So that should be pretty uh, interesting. And she has the Nano, too, I know, mm-hmm. uh, on there. Now, I don't know if, if it's taped today, if it plays later that day, like Letterman, or if it's like next week or something. So... Check your local listings. Yeah, I can't wait to see that for Molly Showtimes, and we'll try to we'll try to dig up when it's going to be on. Uh, well, you probably, if you're one of the thousands of people who have emailed us about this, uh, expecting us to talk about the Nano and the scratches on the Nano, and that's actually why we asked James to come on to the podcast today. There are stories everywhere. We usually like to credit where we saw a story first, but frankly, I can't remember where I saw this story first. Uh, it's all about the fact that people are complaining about the screen on the Nano either getting scratched up or being defective. Uh, and finally, Apple came out yesterday and said, all right, fine. If you have a problem with your Nano, bring it in. We'll replace it. We understand. But the Nano's face is made of exactly the same thing as the regular iPod's face. Uh, and it's just the fact that it's smaller. So that's the situation, James. What what kind of insight can you give us on this? I mean, I know you actually have a Nano yourself. Yeah, I have a, uh, a black Nano. We also have a white Nano in the lab. And we've done some comparisons. Um, you know, I, I tend to treat my Nano or any device fairly roughly. I s- throw it in my backpack. I stick it in my pocket and there's always keys and change and all sorts of things. So these things are going to get roughed up in my, my hands. And one thing I did notice about the uh, the Nano that I was using, it really did get scratched up really quick. I didn't think too much of it because, um, you know, the same thing does happen to other iPods. It will happen to other devices, but the iPods, you know, have the some kind of polycarbonate acrylic sheen that is very susceptible to scratching. And, you know, I have a... Uh, of an iPod photo and a, a fourth generation iPod in front of me, white, of course. And uh, if you compare the Nano to the, both of those, you'll notice all the scratching and sort of the blemishes, what I call them, uh, smudging. They're very similar to the uh, to the Nano. You can just see them more easily on the black version than the white. Now, so, you know, yes, they may be using the same material, but it is applied a little differently. If you look at the uh, older iPods, um, you can't really tell that there is a layer. It's just, it's almost like part of the plastic itself. Whereas the uh, Nano has a tiny thin layer that you can see from the side and uh, it's, it has a rough edge, whereas the older iPods have a kind of a sloping curved edge. So there's there's sort of more friction to catch on, on the side of these things. Now I dropped my Nano in the middle of the street. It almost got run over by a train, by the way. But um, <laughs> oh, like a bar train, like a subway, like a train? muni train. Oh, uh, like one one of the light rail yes. type trains. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, it got my headphones. But uh, it did. That's another story. Yeah. But uh, there, you'll notice if you look at my Nano, there are definite chips in the side of it. You can actually see the plastic's been chipped out, and I've never seen this on any other iPod. 
So there's something going on, it, whether it's the... But you, you know, know, James, Apple is going to say that a nano is not meant to be almost run over by trains. <laughs> it is not in the warranty. Hey, but, you know, it's a flash player, no uh-huh. moving parts. And actually, you know, I've seen some other third-party tests, and uh, the thing is very durable. The, the thing is, you know, once you've uh, played with one for a week, uh, like I would, and you don't have a case, you know, it's going to be kind of screwed. Um the status of mine on the 1.5-inch color screen is that there's this little smudging that when the LCD is off, the backlight is off, it uh, you can really see it. But then when the backlight's on, you can you don't really see the smudge, but you can see a little bit of warping of text and graphics underneath. I would imagine if I kept using mine like I did for another couple of weeks, the screen would get worse, and it would take away from my enjoyment of looking at photos, for example. But what, overall... Are you really going to want to look at photos on, a, on something that small anyway? I mean, it's, it's like my camera phone. I mean, I show photos on it every once in a while. Uh-huh. Like if I'm... When I was in Atlanta for the CNET tour and somebody wanted to see what my dog looked like, you know, I showed them a photo of my dog on the phone. But even then, they, they're like, oh, yeah, it's just yeah, like, but kind of hard to see. Here's the other it. thing, Tom. Like, you're paying $250 for this thing. Uh-huh. Uh, mine's four gigs. And that's that's not... I mean, that's a lot of money, you know? And... For something that is really lauded for its design and for its sort of look and you know feel, for something to be all scratched up and smudged like this, it really doesn't look the same. I'll pass it over to you. I mean, it takes away from the luster. Wow. Okay. You know what? Actually, uh, everything I was about to say, I'm just reevaluating evaluating because now I'm actually looking at James. And of course, everyone out there that has a Nano is going, yeah, Tom, idiot. But this is really scratched up. I yeah. mean, this is this is bad. This now, isn't like, because I'm thinking, I've, I got a razor, right? Mm-hmm. I keep it in my pocket with my keys. It's scratched up. But first of all, the screen is protected. It's inside. It's clamshell right. style, right? And even the screen that's on the outside isn't nearly this scratched up. A couple up. other I mean, things. like This just looks like yeah, it I, got run I have over. A PSP. Like it actually did get run over by I have a train. PSP. I've had it much longer, and I've treated this fairly similar. And the PSP, though it gets smudges from fingerprints, it's... The screen is like pretty flawless. Maybe one scratch. If you look at these iP- older iPods, you'll notice that the scratches are very similar. This, very similar, but you just don't notice them as much either yeah. on a white or even the the white Nano will look a little scratched and up. The grayscale too. But the smudges, the you know, and I think the fact that the Nano is so small and the fact that the LCD is so small, it does, you know, sort of pr- make all those things, all the blemishes, more pronounced. Now, Jasmine has the uh, the white version the white four gigabyte version, and she's had it in a case for almost the entire time, and it's just flawless looking. So our advice, you know, our, our advice right now is to, if you, if you haven't bought one yet, maybe consider a white Nano because the scratches don't appear as easily. Like second, of, second of all, try, maybe get some kind of uh, case. There are tons of different cases out there from Yeah, Belkin. but that case makes it huge. Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of like I, I like to compare it to like a bra and like a Ferrari, you know. <laughs> they just they're just cheesy and like yeah, un, you know, unwieldy. Um, the other things you can do, you know, there's there's some kind of uh, some sort of 3M tape or some sort of vinyl. Those covering. laminate kind of covers. Yes. I use Tattoos. that on, when actually I don't use my PDA that much anymore, but when I use my PDA a lot, I had one of those over the PDA screen for that very reason. They actually but man, sell my them, screen never looked like that. Yeah, they actually sell them uh, for the iPod Nano, so... You know, you, or you could do it yourself, but you know, anything to protect this the face because it's definitely going to get scratched up. I don't know anything about you know. I don't know if I'm going to return this to Apple and say, "Hey, look, 
you know, replace it for me. I probably will. What's well, funny, I, the uh, the uh, senior VP of marketing of worldwide marketing for Apple said, if you don't want scratches, buy a case. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, get a tattoo or, you know, if you're going to put it in your pocket, and of course you're going to put it in your pocket because it's so small, at least. That's you know, the whole point dudes. of having a nano, right? Yeah, is that you it can stick fit it in your pocket. Anywhere. Yeah. And just make sure that you don't have keys or change in That's in too bad. Because I mean, you shouldn't have to take all these precautions. It, it's, it's really sad, but, you know... I'm going to I'm going to look at both sides here. First of all, you know, it's to me the scratches and the smudges aren't really that different from older iPods. Mm-hmm. So No, you're right. Cla- I mean, they're comparing claim, them. Their claim about the material might might be right, but I do have a couple chips though in in this thing and mm-hmm. it's because it is slightly raised cuz it's got know, that flat edge. Yeah, whereas, you know, if you study an iPod uh, an older iPod, you'll notice that it just almost seems like the the clear coat is like just part of the plastic as opposed to another piece. Well, we can thank ourselves that at least the clear coat is part of the price of the nano. Oh. It's not like buying a car where right. they, you know, shove the price in after the uh, the invoice level. Yeah. So. so. All right. Well, real quickly, we want to talk about the threat against Apple. It's just going to be an all Apple day because we miss Molly. Um, Michael Nash, Warner's digital strategy chief. I, don't, I didn't realize that was a position, but it is at Warner, digital strategy chief, suggested that labels might have no choice other than to cut Apple's digital music sales off at a stroke. This according to the register.co.uk. Uh, he's saying, well, what if Steve Jobs cuts the prices to 39 or 29 cents? You know, we, we'll just have to cut him off. Then he goes on to say that uh, Steve Jobs will be okay. They'll figure out another model. People don't really buy digital music that much anyway well if they if it's not a problem if it's not going to hurt apple and nobody's buying digital music why worry about the 99 cent price it should just be seen as a promotional play or a loss leader of some kind and and then why even bother threatening apple if if it's not going to hurt them yeah it's i mean it's pretty obviously some sort of ego battle here uh steve jobs has you know he's sort of you know, he doesn't own the digital music market, but it seems like it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of these old school guys are like saying, hey, um, you know, we need a little bit more control here. And uh, I don't know. It's it's a tough one. They're, the music industry sounds very, um, you know, they, they're willing to open the doors to technology and, and sort of legitimize this whole like revolution. Um, but now that they see that there's, you know, s- a certain level of success not just with iTunes, but other mm-hmm. services and stores as well. You know, the, the control is important because... Seems greedy. It seems greedy. Uh, we, yeah, I don't know the ex- exact, you know, because everyone can side with Steve Jobs and say, hey, yeah, you know, this is, he, he's doing a favor for the masses by, you know, promoting like lower costs for songs. And I, I kind of believe his argument because if you raise the prices, you're going to just turn people onto the free Well, stuff. especially if, as Mr. Nash says that people aren't buying it that much anyway you don't you lower the price in that yeah, situation it's it's a, it's a bit contradictory you, don't raise you know the they're price. they're making everyone's making pennies whatever i and the margins are very small mm-hmm. but but this is really like you know in 10 years this is all it's about so you know there's a lot of establishment going on here uh you know people are changing consumers are changing their behavior patterns you know with music i was just uh you know, I was writing about how my uh, daughter and I, my young daughter, listen to iTunes every night, you know, almost every night. And yeah. she picks a song, I pick a song. Uh-huh. And That's and it, it just kind of clicked in my head, like, she is just not going to understand, like, physical yeah. 
media, CDs, tapes, because, you know, all this music, thousands of songs are just at a, a click away or emanating from this or streaming from, you know, my, my uh, laptop or iPod or whatever. So That's it's my pr- wife it's and I do that too, although yeah. we're not as cooperative as you and your daughter. We actually both listen into our own laptop. <laughs> rather than yeah, <laughs> she, uh, I was fighting and she wanted to listen to Dora the Explorer, like, you know. Yeah. Two or different, two or three different songs on, and I was like, "No, I, I got got to go, got to play the game." But yeah, this whole, you know, th- it's interesting. It's it's this whole digital music revolution. There's definitely going to be a lot of fighting. Yeah, and uh, I don't, I don't even buy iTunes myself. I only want MP3, so I'm still stuck buying physical media for now. But mm-hmm. what if what if that goes away? That's going to be interesting to see how this process plays out. Uh, and we want to hear from you folks, too, as well. Give us a, a call, 1-800-616-CNET. We have a call from Matt Miller, and uh, Matt had a question for us. Hey, guys, it's Matt Miller from Indiana. I was calling, a um, long-time listener. I was calling because of the uh, recent Google uh, Wi-Fi uh, scandal, I guess you could call it. Um, and there's a lot of um, projections that they're going to start advertising more local. So if you're sitting at like a coffee shop or something like that and on their Wi-Fi and like you need a sandwich, you can go down the street and you know they'll hook you up with some local advertisers. I didn't know what you guys thought about that um, as far as you know the whole privacy concerns that are still you know rampant across the internet. Um, didn't know if you guys wanted to shed some light on it during one of your episodes. Until um, then, I hope to hear more great um, conversations about everything we need on a daily basis. So I will talk to you guys later. Bye. All right. That's interesting. I don't know that much about the Google issue. I do know that Internet News is reporting that what they're doing is if you're using Google Wi-Fi uh, and you're using the uh, I, I don't I'm, I'm unclear whether it's only if you're using the VPN over Google Wi-Fi or if you're using Google Wi-Fi at all, they can triangulate where you are because they're providing the Wi-Fi. They know where you are and they will deliver local ads through Google AdSense to your computer. Now, this isn't adding anything. This is, if you're on a website that already has Google AdSense, they're going to localize those ads where possible. You know, frankly, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I don't know about you, James, but, you know, if, 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 if I'm surfing the web and it's not adding any ads, it's the ads I would already see, but they're more relevant to where I am, so, so what? Yeah, I... Advertising is uh, one of those, you know, kind of necessary evils in this medium. So, yeah, you know, and it's and it's not changing anything except the content of the ads. So, uh, you know what? If you know more about it, give us an email buzz at CNET.com. That's my take. Thanks for coming on, James. We appreciate it. Once again, the number is 1-800-616-CNET. And Molly will be back soon to rein me back into a, a shorter time. But remember, it is indeterminate length. See you later.